Happy Monday, and it has not been happy days in our nation or throughout the world. We've seen terrorist attacks on our own soil just months ago and weeks ago in Orlando, days ago in Nice and France. And we certainly have seen in our nation's cities like Dallas and just within the past 24 hours, Baton Rouge, police officers that are targets of hatred. And I think we would all agree that these people who were killed whether they're dancing in a club, trying to watch fireworks on a promenade in France, trying to do their job responding to a 911 call like they did in Baton Rouge, or in Dallas, trying to protect people exercising their First Amendment right to protest against the violence that they feel and the death that has come at the hands of police. This has got to stop, is something Hillary Clinton said, I agree. And the president talks about how we need to talk about this. And so we're going to do so this afternoon. There are a lot of people that would say the common denominator, as I mentioned last hour, in all of these shootings could be mental illness, could be a radicalized ideology, whether it's somebody pledging to follow ISIS, somebody having problems with their own sexuality, somebody who believes they're part of a bigger militia than the military they trained with, or somebody who is pledged to a militant organization who's against government oppression and police within that government. There are those that say hatred is the key. We've seen hatred of gay people. We've seen hatred of Muslims. We've seen hatred of police. We've seen hatred of blacks, of Latinos, of women. We've even heard rhetoric of hatred of some of those groups by a man running for president. But everyone seems, in my opinion, who is rationally minded, to understand that the common denominator we can't ignore in this country and in these instances, in Orlando, in Dallas, in Baton Rouge, and in San Bernardino, and other, so many other cases in South Carolina, Fort Hood, college campuses, high schools, Columbine, elementary school, Sandy Hook, that there, there are guns. We have a Second Amendment in our country that is part of a wonderful constitution. We have a right to keep and to bear arms for a well-regulated militia. Now, people that love that Constitution and want to take every word and verse literally, as I believe we should if we are to follow it, as it was intended, otherwise we change it, have twisted and turned and misrepresented that Second Amendment numerous times. We have the right to keep and to bear arms, to protect ourselves from tyranny or oppression of a government. We know that was the original intent. We also know that we're in a different world. There wasn't ISIS when it was written. There wasn't cyber warfare. In those days, people walked around with open guns and rifles slung over their shoulder, muskets and even bayonets that could kill you without pulling the trigger. I don't think our founding, fa- 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 founding fathers knew of the technology that we would have, where you could have attachments to the weaponry like we saw in Orlando, 
and you could take out hundreds of people in seconds. In a sense, doing as much damage with that one weapon in seconds. We saw in the streets of Los Angeles a time when bank robbers, criminals, had more sophisticated weaponry than the law enforcement that were trying to stop them and trying to protect the neighbors around them where the shooting was taking place in broad daylight in Northridge, California, on a residential street. I've talked before about our gun problem, but our gun problem has many facets. We have guns, easy access to guns. We don't have universal background checks, which the majority, overwhelming majority of Americans support, even gun owners, even Republicans. And we also know we have an issue with mental illness. But the overwhelming majority, 50 out of 52 of our states, allow conceal and carry permits. And there are people that always say, oh, it was a, it was a gun-free zone. Well, the streets of Dallas were in a gun-free zone. The streets of Dallas, there were 20 to 30 people at that particular demonstration who were carrying their weapons. Weapons concealed, carrying their weapons, and when the bullets came, what did they do? They run and they hid, just like everybody else who didn't have a gun. What good did that do? What good did that do? In light of the attacks on police, in light of the increased violence, and and, and in light of what you want to call it, folks, hatred, racism, terrorism, the end result is the same. Carnage. Whether it's a couple of bodies or mass carnage. The end result are families getting phone calls and making preparations to put their loved ones to rest in a pine box six feet in the ground. Children. Women. Civilians, police officers, black, white, gay, straight, left, right, rich, poor, north, south, east, west. But see, in my opinion, we make it so much easier, don't we? And there's so much hatred and there's so much hypocrisy. In light of all these shootings, the Republicans who bow down and worship the NRA before God on a Sunday have heightened security concerns at the convention in Cleveland that has started today. As a matter of fact, Cleveland, Ohio's police union called for the suspension of a law in the state of Ohio that allows people to carry firearms during the Republican National Convention. But John Kasich, who's not attending, by the way, still has not supported Trump, said he was powerless to act despite heightened security concerns with the killing of three police officers in Louisiana just 24 hours ago. Now, of course, we know the politicians will seize on this, as did Donald Trump. He seized on the shooting deaths in Baton Rouge to bolster his case in the U.S. that our nation is leaderless and that he's a better candidate in the election on November 8th to restore law and order, more so than his rival, Democrat Hillary Clinton. One of the ways that Republicans want to restore law, law and order, though, is to allow more of you to carry those guns concealed or otherwise be able to have access to any kind of gun, less restrictions, less regulations, and we've seen what good that's done us today in 2016 America, hasn't it? We have more gun owners now than ever before in our nation, ever. We have more sophisticated weaponry, ever, 
higher ability to kill more in less time ever than in the history, not just of our nation, my friend, but the world. And yet we have more massacres, more terrorist attacks, more people being killed at the hands of a police officer, more people killing police officers angry about this or in retaliation for this. More people dying because of mental illness, more people dying because of racism, more people dying because of hatred, rhetoric, ideology, the list goes on. Now it's interesting, isn't it? That Republicans want more security and they don't want all of you to have that Second Amendment right to bear arms when it could hurt them. Interesting? Hmm, isn't it? Now, it's not immediately clear whether there was a link between the shootings yesterday and the recent unrest in our nation over police killings of black men, but I think it's pretty fair to connect those dots. One of the shootings was in Baton Rouge two weeks ago, and the shooter yesterday in Baton Rouge was not from Baton Rouge. Now, despite a lack of clarity about the motive and the specifics, although, like I said, I think it's pretty clear, Donald Trump said President Barack Obama, quote, doesn't have a clue on how to handle the problem after the president voiced concern about inflammatory rhetoric on the campaign trail. We'll talk about some of this rhetoric, perhaps even tomorrow. He said our country is a divided crime scene. It will only get worse. And it amazes me that somebody who I feel is a master and king of division and rhetoric that 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 incites violence would make such statements on Twitter because he has to tweet. You know, you think he's dead if he doesn't tweet within an hour. A day before the start of this convention, the four day Republican convention in Cleveland, where they'll formally nominate him as their nominee, the Republicans for the White House. After the shootings in which three police officers were wounded, the head of the Cleveland Police Union, Steve Loomis, like I said, asked Governor John Kasich to suspend state laws allowing people to openly carry firearms. Even the governor doesn't have that authority. But this is what he said, quote, Ohio governors do not have the power to arbitrarily suspend federal and state constitutional rights or state laws as suggested. The bonds between our communities and police must be reset and rebuilt as we're doing in Ohio so our communities and officers can both be safe. By the way, that's pretty much what the president has said, what Hillary Clinton has said, what I believe rational-minded people say. You know, sometimes people speak and it's eerily foreshadowing of events, but there are also people who have talked about this like I mentioned before. I mentioned there were over two dozen people carrying guns in Dallas, and not one of those guns was used to help anyone. Here's what Dallas Police Chief David Brown said regarding open carry and how actually that made the police shooting in Dallas more confusing, confusing and not only more confusing, but dangerous, and not just to the police, but the protesters as well. Yes, during the protest that was planned as a static event, several people, 20 or 30 people showed up with... Uh, AR-15 rifles slung across their shoulders. They were wearing gas masks, they were wearing bulletproof vests, and, and camel fatigues for effect, for whatever reason. Doesn't make sense to us, but that's, that's their right in Texas. And they marched, but when the shooting started, they began to run. And they be, began to run at street level across where the shooting was occurring. So for our officers, uh, they, they were suspects. And I support uh, that belief. Uh, someone shooting from you from a perched position and people running with AR-15s 
and camo gear and gas masks and bulletproof vests, they are suspects until we eliminate that. So one of those persons, they turned themselves in because they ran and got away and we put their picture out. We interviewed them and released them because we didn't have any evidence that they were part of this attack. Uh, one of the other individuals that was running, he could not legally carry the gun, so we charged that person with prohibitive weapon, and and and, and they were brought to jail. Uh, one of the, one of the other suspects, a female, uh, we released as well. Uh, she was running with those two who were armed, and officers believe that she might have been associated with that. But we once we interviewed her, we 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 ruled her out as as a suspect as well. But from from our vantage point. Uh, with people carrying guns at protests, slung across them wearing bulletproof vests and gas masks, while people are killing us, uh, they're suspects until we rule them out. So just to clarify, all three individuals have been released, and you don't believe that any of those three are complicit or involved in any way in these murders? Two of the three were released. One was uh, not legally able to carry a gun. They were charged with prohibitive weapon. So let me ask you this, America. Should there be a ban of open carry in Cleveland this week during the Republican National Convention, even though Cleveland is an open carry state? Yes or no? Why or we're not? Should there be a ban of that open carry law in Cleveland during the RNC? Cleveland's an open carry state. Whether you have a gun or not, like guns or not, whether you're left or right, pro-Trump, pro-Hillary, I'm asking, should there be a ban of open carry in Cleveland during the Republican National Convention? Why or why not? Cleveland is an open carry state. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, isn't this a perfect example of why open carry makes people less safe, not more? 888-6-LESLIE. And why do we need open carry if we have to propose bans when large groups gather? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Are pro-gun people hypocrites? I mean, does this open carry issue further divide the GOP? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. With a total lack of clarity, Mr. Most, Mr. Doesn't Have a Clue on Most Issues Trump said President Obama doesn't have a clue on how to handle the problem after the president voiced concern about inflammatory rhetoric on the campaign trail. Do you think Donald Trump has a clue on how to stop all this violence when he's 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 bending over with the NRA and he's praising the Second Amendment but wants to restrict it this week for his and his family's safety? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. By the way, can you name one specific Donald Trump has had other than maybe it's terrific as to how he would solve this problem? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. The disorganized nature of the running mate rollout in which Trump failed to fully project the power of his partnership was awesome to watch for less Democrats. Popcorn, right? Trump actually was making calls to his staff asking if he could change his decision. We even saw Newt Gingrich's uh, contract with a major network suspended even after it was tweeted Governor Pence would be his running mate. Is Trump's lack of experience in the political arena going to start showing now that he's the one on top? 8886 Leslie. Now Trump has sought to link the violence against our police to the U.S.-led fight against ISIS, saying, quote, we are trying to fight ISIS and now our own people are killing our police. Our country is divided and out of control. The world is watching. Now, is this supposed to sound like a policy move or just more of the same empty rhetoric? 
888-6LESLIE. Back after this. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Let's take some calls uh, talking about uh, open carry. They want to ban it for the RNC, but wouldn't that violate someone's Second Amendment rights? Let's go to Paul in Washington, line one, listening on Spreaker, uh, this, our, our great stream through our website, LeslieMarshallShow.com. Paul, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, buddy. Hey, Leslie. Uh, my answer to the question is absolutely not. No banning. Nuh-uh. Open carry is open carry, and they... You know, they made their bed. They have to lay on it. Um, I wanted to respond to a couple of things here, and I know we're going to run up to a break here in a minute, but uh, respond to something that the, your guest said in the earlier hour and provide a little information. But in terms of the Second Amendment, let's start there. Uh, he said that James Madison uh, drafted the Second Amendment, and it was mentioned extensively in the Federalist Papers. I don't believe that's true. Uh, James Madison was, in a sense, the editor to the uh, Bill of Rights, of which there were originally 29, was pared down to 17. The Second Amendment was originally the Fourth Amendment, and then the first two were not passed, and they were deleted, and then the last five, and that's how we ended up with 10. And where the Bill of Rights is addressed is in Federalist 84 by Alexander Hamilton, who argues, as with Madison, who argues against the Bill of Rights. Okay, okay, wait a minute. I, I, hang on, hang on, Paul. Yep. Okay, and, and Paul, you just sent me uh, some stats, right? Is that you or a different Paul? Oh, that's you. We'll be back. Let's go back to Paul in Seattle, Washington. Uh, Paul, uh, please continue. Um, you know, you were talking about you don't want to violate the Constitution. And, Paul, we just uh, understood that the security company providing security for the Republican National Convention, it's their rules Republicans are saying, oh, not ours. Because, you know, Paul, you know, th- those gun-free zones are a bad thing, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't, no, I don't, I don't want to violate the Constitution. I don't want to violate states' rights. You see, that's what I don't want to violate. Because what I'm talking about, the Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary for the preservation of a free state. The Second Amendment was actually lifted almost verbatim, I think it was lifted verbatim, from the Virginia Declaration of Rights. Madison agreed to a Bill of Rights against his better better judgment and best wishes, only to appease Virginia Governor Edmund Randolph, who would deliver the Virginia delegation to ratify the Constitution. That's why Madison engaged in what he called the nauseating process of amendments. He did not want to do this. So he just went ahead and drafted. He was essentially the editor of the Bill of Rights, not the drafter. So he didn't change this, that amendment that said uh, well-regulated militia being necessary the preservation of free state. So what that means is the federal government could not prevent the states from having a militia or not. You see, and that's where uh, Antonin Scalia and, and uh, Samuel Alito in uh, first in Heller and then in McDonald just a few years ago, I think, got it wrong. In Chicago, McDonald versus Chicago, Samuel Alito says, no, the, the city or the state cannot prevent you from owning uh, your own weapon. That's, it seems to me that's the state saying, no, we don't want a militia. It's, it's not a right uh, directly from the Constitution guaranteed to every individual as a citizen of the United States. That's my point. But let me get into this. Uh, and it's certainly, I don't believe it was to prevent, um, uh, you know, uh, to fight against a tyrannical government, because look what you have here. We have a, uh, someone in Dallas and someone in, in Baton Rouge deciding, hey, this is, what, this is a tyrannical government. I want to start fight, fighting against them. When, when do you have people deciding that on their own, willy-nilly, this is what you get? You get anarchy.
anarchy. That's what your guest was saying. You'll have anarchy if you have people deciding on their own, oh, yeah, we have a tyrannical government here. I need to start fighting back with my weapons. And, of course, where do you start? You start with the police force. You start gunning down the police. I don't think so. I want to get into one thing here. Is that the statistics that the conservatives and the gun people use, they manipulate. And I'll tell you that uh, uh, the FBI statistics, which, as you'll see in the article I sent you, there are no official statistics or definition of, for instance, a mass shooting. And it's just, it's just something the FBI uses. And I got into a, a, a little bit of a discussion with a local conservative here. I think you might even know him. Uh, but I said there were more mass shootings in 2015 than there were days of the year. And he said, that's a lie. According to Mother Jones, uh, on December 18th, there were only six mass shootings. As if that's a small number, just only six. But there were not 355 or 300 and some mass shootings as of December 2nd. The difference is that the, the, the way we define mass shootings, the FBI defines a mass shooting as four or more people must be shot dead at the scene before we even start counting wounded people. The FBI doesn't count wounded people. You have to be, we have to have four dead first. So, in other words, the shooting in Dallas of the five police officers was a mass shooting, but the shooting in Baton Rouge of three police officers was not a mass shooting. Because yeah, and isn't that ridiculous? I mean, ridiculous. What, 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 how many numbers do we, and you know what, though? Oh, wait a minute, that, that doesn't still, how many did you say? <laughs> four, four people must be shot dead at the scene before we start counting wounded people. No, no, no. I under no. I understand that, and and I understand the classification. But you know, three hundred plus. Some people would say too high, but the numbers that you're spotting seems too low. Right. That's because what I'm talking about, and it's cited in the article I sent you, was most of the. And I said he, he asked me where. What is your source? And I said uh, many, many media sources, news media sources were quoting that, and it says right in the article that I sent you uh, on December second, the Washington Post said uh, reported that. The shooting in San Bernardino was the second mass shooting of the day and the 355th of the year. This is where the news organizations get this from, a website called ShootingTracker.com, which basically makes a more sensible out of this, which says that if people are shot, in other words, you don't have to be dead. Why do we have to have the physiological response of the person who's shot be a, a factor in whether or not they're shot? This isn't But, after but even, Paul, Paul, even if we didn't, and I hear you and agree, even if we looked at the numbers of the dead, I mean, come on, Orlando, San Bernardino, Sandy, uh, Sandy Hook, um, uh, Virginia Tech, uh, in, I can't even remember all the bloody colleges, Fort Hood, South Carolina, I mean, th- th- you know, Dallas, the list goes on. But what I'm saying is, the way, for instance, again, your buddy, your buddy Lars said to me, there are more deaths caused by hammers than by guns. And I said, according to who? He said, according to the FBI. Guess what that turns out to be? There were more deaths at construction sites by hammers falling on people's heads than there were shooting deaths by a certain type of hunting rifle. And since there are more than one of those owned by people, those are considered guns. So therefore, since this certain particular type of hunting rifle, statistically, according to the FBI, caused very few deaths in a Mm. given year, that means hammers cause more deaths and hammers are more dangerous than guns. So in other words, these people... They, they distort and twist statistics to make it seem like, oh, no, there's no gun violence in this country. There's no, we don't have a problem with gun violence. We'll just filter these statistics and say that nothing is really happening. There's nothing to see here. 
And the reason is they want to be in denial about the fact. We have a, we have a nation in denial about violence here. I agree. They, I agree. I, the, I, I agree. Go ahead, Paul. Finish up. We, we, ha- we have to have, and uh, I want to get to one more thing about your guest said about mental illness. What I totally agree is this has nothing to do with mentally ill people, and I'll tell you why. Here's a statistic that makes sense on the face of it. About one-third of the people in this country own guns. Two out of three do not. Two-thirds do not. Mental illness is distributed equally across the population, which means there are twice as many people without guns who are not committing murder as there are mentally ill people with guns who are committing murder. So that ought to tell you right there, no, it's not guns that kill people. It's crazy people with guns that kill people. That's right. But it still takes the gun. Because there are twice as many mentally ill people who are not carrying guns and aren't killing people. All right, Paul, thank you very much. Very well said. Thank you for the research there, sir. It's nice to have research in our callers. Uh, Let's continue the calls. Let's go to Michael on the Bronx line, too. Michael, good afternoon. Hello, Leslie. How are you? Good. Oh, first off, I need to... um I need to help you with this, that a few times and I sent you a message. Um, you said that Cleveland is an open carry state. Now, while I and many others would know what you meant. No, no, no. I said Ohio is an open carry state. Did I say Cleveland? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. Ohio's the state. Cleveland's the city. Thank you for pointing right. it out, Michael. Go ahead. Your comment? Yes. First off, to answer the question of whether or not the ban open carry, um, I would say, would it matter? Because either way, these Republicans lose. If you ban the open carry because of the convention, then, as you said, they're hypocrites. But then if they don't ban the um, open carry, we can easily say, see, we warned you people about your callousness, you want to rush to guns, and then acting so doggone destructive, and I don't know what else to call it. And now you've made your let. You made your bed, now lie your rumps in it. So either way, they lose the argument. They can't, they can't win on any credibility on this. But as to how to stop this carnage, as I stated many times, that is wrong to assault or kill a police officer. The same must be said, vice versa, and I've always vouched for equal accountability. What must be done is cops that engage in wrongdoing, no more special treatments, no more excuses, because people know full well that um, a civilian engaging in that kind of action would have been arrested and locked up and convicted and incarcerated long ago. All right, right, Michael. So my thing is that if President Obama was totally correct that people have to come together and start understanding each other, and realizing we all bleed the same color, we are all people. Why the heck should I, because I'm a black man, be treated any less of a human being because I'm not white and not a police officer? And I would assist police officers. But you've got people on the other side that don't want to have dialogue and persist on being um, destructive and inciting the violence that you have cited Donald Trump. As President Obama said, you're either going to be part of the solution a or, real solution or be part of the problem. I, I, I appreciate up. that, Michael. Very well said. And, you know, Donald Trump hasn't given us a real solution. Uh, Mike in Albuquerque, give us a buzz back. I see your line dropped. So did Dean in Buffalo. Uh, we're going to continue with your calls right after this. Remember, when we finish with a call, your cue to call through 8886-LESLIE. Now, let me ask you, should the conceal and carry law in the state of Ohio, in the city of Cleveland, where the Republican National Convention is taking place, 
be banned? Or would that violate the Second Amendment? And why is it okay for Republicans to call for violating the Second Amendment? True hypocrisy, isn't it? When they constantly poo-poo these gun control and no-gun or gun-free zones, which is what they have in Cleveland for this convention. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Pick up the phone and join We're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Pick up the phone and join us. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Let's go to Georgia in Decatur where Reggie is joining us. Reggie, good afternoon. How you doing, Leslie? Happy Monday to you. Thank you. You uh, too. Okay. Well, it's amazing to me that you have all these well, radical right-wing conservative Republican, whether it be politicians, political candidates, or radio TV talk show hosts, acting and talking tough, bellowing and bloviating that they're going to you know, be the good guys with guns to take us bad guys with guns. But when somebody threatens them, but when somebody threatens them on social media, there was one conservative radio talk show who herself was threatened on, threatened on, on uh, social media, and she called, and the law got involved. So she had to hide and call the law and to uh, take care of this person, you know, the FBI and all that. But you want to act big, bold, brave, courageous, and tough. But when somebody threatens you on social media, you run and hide, so to speak. And that's what I think that all of these Republicans do. They run and hide when they're faced with the uh, harsh truth of reality. Yeah, when they look okay. outside and see people exercising that First Amendment right and they can see the gun. Hey, uh, you, know, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Okay, anything else, Reggie? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think we should uh, well ban open carry, you know, for at least until all the, all the conventions are over. Okay, so you think, you, you think that you have to... Uh, you have to override, if you will, the Second Amendment in the cities of Cleveland for the Republican and Philly uh, for the Democratic uh, Convention because you have protesters and you have people very angry. As a matter of fact, the pro-Trump protesters who couldn't get in the arena and the anti-Trump protesters who couldn't get in the arena were only a quarter of a mile from from one another when they were protesting, and they could have crossed paths technically. Yes, and you don't know who has a gun in those protests, right, or in those rallies or in those convention meetings. You know, at least until those meetings or those conventions are over, you know, banned it temporarily, not permanently, just temporarily until. But but wait a minute! If we if we do that, then somebody could ban our free speech temporarily. Right. Well, you and you're okay with that? Well, no, 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 no. But no, I'm not. But but look, I'm not a gun person, but I am a believer in the Constitution. I I think it's ridiculous we have conceal uh, or open carry laws unless you're a police officer. Even those in the military aren't walking around carrying their weapons openly. So I think it's ridiculous, but I don't think you ban it. I don't think right. you ban it. I think you change the state law, which can't can't be done right now. Right, right. But if any of those protesters came at any convention, whether it be Republican or... Then this would shut, and I'm sorry, but then it would prove the point of those of us like myself that say we've got too many damn guns out there, and we have people that are not responsible, and, we, and even if you're responsible and have no record... You don't know what outside in the heat of summer when tempers flare will happen, especially if you're packing and that person's packing at. Mark, do you remember, I've mentioned this, I think you were too young, Mark, uh, Marky Mark Romaldi, my executive producer, I told you there was a man that shot a man in front of his pregnant wife over yes. a parking space yep. at the mall they in Buffalo, New York. You tell me that, yeah. Unbelievable. Yes, it is unbelievable. We've had people in Los Angeles shot because they flipped somebody off on the freeway or cut them off on the freeway. Right. They have anger management issues and problems then. 
they need to get those. I understand, but once you know, if you're if you're putting somebody in the in, in the ground in a pine box, isn't it too late for us to say, oh well, that person had problems? You know, the time, in my opinion, is one. Not to, you know, hey, you want to have a right to, you know, uh, bear arms, fine. But I have a right not to have you walking down the street with that damn gun in a holster around your waist like we're living in the damn, you know, wild, wild west, for crying out loud. Reggie, thank you uh, for your phone call. Uh, pick up the phone and join us, 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Marky Mark, I want to ask you something, and forgive my ignorance because I'm not a gun owner, okay? I want to ask you. What the hell's the difference between a conceal and carry, and maybe the permit, legal legalese are, but whether you're carrying a gun with your jacket covering it, <laughs> or you got it out there, uh, you know, right below your, you know, buckle in plain view wearing a t-shirt with your jeans. What the hell's the difference? Do you know what I mean? You can still reach down and grab the damn thing and shoot. I guess maybe the display of it, you know, just because of, of what that does to some people, you know, as far as stoking fear. Um, and you know, people who seem to, um, you know, want to be able to do that. It seems like it's more of the conservative, conservative states have that. I'm sure there's more of a difference and I'll be able to find it, uh, in a second. Well, no, I was even, I was just asking you, you know? Yeah. To me, I mean, that's, that's the only thing I could think of. Yep. I, 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 I like I'm saying, it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like, look at my big penis. I mean, my big gun, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, look at my gun. I'm packing. Don't piss me off. You know, I mean, seriously. Oh, it's just well, the Dallas police chief said it the best about, I mean, perfect example. I'd say that that's what it took, but as to why it actually makes it more dangerous to have people who have, you know, these weapons slung around their shoulders and he, they don't know. The police don't know who's shooting at who. I mean, one of those people could have easily been killed by police, and who could have really blamed them? Well, you know, and there's some people that point some good things out. Uh, Frank on Twitter tweets, Leslie, did no open carry laws in New York City stop the assassination of two New York City police officers, Officers Lou and Ramos? Very good point, right? Very good point. Um, you know, it, 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 it doesn't. It, you know, it doesn't necessarily. You know, because so, people say, oh, you know, you can't – those gun-free zones are the problem. That's exactly what the Republicans are asking for, and I don't care if they're hiding behind the security company. Let's take more calls. And Phoenix on line one, listening on KPHX is Sydney. Hey, Sydney, good afternoon. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I am shocked. This is the first time I've ever called anybody, any radio station. But I, I, I'm curious, Leslie. I've been for the last three weeks – I'm uh, – a black man living out here, and you know all these things going on with with the police shootings and uh, the black men being shot. You know, uh, had a blowout the other day, and I'm on my way hobbling over to get the fix to my little five year old girl. I said, "Babe, make sure you buck that up. He's from behind us." The first thing I remember is, "Daddy's going to kill us." And you know, it just like did something to me that I wasn't prepared for. You know, but. I've, I study international law and foreign policy now at DePaul University, and I've been a uh, student of politics most of my life. And so I'm one of those people who listen to both sides. I listen to you. I listen to Tom. I listen to Stephanie. I also listen to Rush. I listen to Hannity and, for the first time, listen to Bill Cunningham. And what is just blowing my mind is, they keep saying the same things over and over. It's Obama's fault. It's 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 uh, uh, it's uh, Hillary's fault. It's it's there. It's Black Lives Matters. They're not a group. They're terrorists. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, but when you have the 
white groups that come and with their long guns and stand off the police, they're patriots. When you have them taking over government facilities, they get to stay there and they're getting meals set in. And I, it, it's what's, what I don't understand is the hypocrisy that the color of the skin dictates whether you're a terrorist, whether you're against the American way, or if it's you're a patriot and a freedom fighter. I don't, I just don't understand. And I guess what's scaring me from hearing my five year, and I'm a single father at 55 years old. And what's scaring me is where we're headed with these two diametrically opposed views that the public is bombarded with through the media, through the radio. You know, you've got this one group that is just staunchly set on blaming Obama for everything. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting you say that. We have so little time we're going to have to, you know, end the show. Call, call me tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. I mean it. Call me tomorrow. Good for you, 65-year-old man keeping young with a little girl. I had babies late in life. I know how it is. You know, I was going to tweet, but I did not have respect after Baton Rouge. Dallas and Baton Rouge, the men weren't Muslim. But do you think Donald Trump and Newt Gingrich will want to ban all blacks now? I mean, that that's pretty much the mindset of this new Republican Party. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great night.